You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to more of the Greek's Gridiron. I'm Ethan Haristadoulou, and today, as we do every Thursday, getting set for Thursday Night Football, we're running through our picks for every single game on this week's slate of matchups. So, Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe button, but most importantly, comment down below. Who do you think is coming out a winner and loser in this week's slate of games? We got a ton to get into here. We're looking at 15 games altogether with only the Chargers and Chiefs on a bye. So a lot to dive into, a lot to discuss, and I'm ready to break it all down for you all. Starting with the Ravens and Buccaneers. Tonight's Thursday night matchup in Tampa Bay where the Bucs are currently minus one and a half favorites but are coming in with some serious offensive woes and a abysmal loss to the Carolina Panthers just last week. I've got to say, I really have a hard time buying the Buccaneers coming out winners in this game here. There's just so many injuries on the defensive side. There's a lot of guys listed out this week. Antoine Winfield, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Carlton Davis, to name a few on the defensive side of the ball, coupled with some question marks on the offensive side as well. I'm just really leaning heavily into Baltimore on this one, and... I have some serious concern going on over there in Tampa Bay between the coaching and the offense being out of sync. The offensive line is dealing with injuries. I feel like the one thing I keep going back to week in and week out when I pick the Buccaneers to win is, oh, Tom Brady can get it done. But right now, not even Tom Brady can get it done because his receivers can't even catch a football. There's just so much going into this game right now. And when I look at Baltimore, their offense They're averaging 26 points a game. That is sixth best in the league compared to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' abysmal 18, which is 26th in the league. I I just, I'm really leaning towards Baltimore in this one, and I do have them winning the ball game 28-24 to in an upset win in an away matchup for them. I just think that the Ravens coming in a little bit healthier with a very explosive offensive attack going up against the Buccaneers' defense that has... Lost a little bit of its sauce, I guess you could say. They have not been as good as they have been the last few years. I like the over in this one as well. So for you gambling people, I do like the over in this. And I really like the Ravens at plus one and a half. I think that if they do lose, it's going to be a tight one. I do like that they give you the point there to be able to lose by. And on top of that, I feel like them upset victory at plus one and a half. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for it. I do like it. Give me the Ravens for the W. Going into our next matchup here, we got ourselves the Broncos and the Jaguars as Denver and the Jaguars are technically away, but this is almost like a second home game for the Jaguars as Jacksonville is like London's London's team essentially for a long time you couldn't really get anyone to go play in London that the Jaguars were offering themselves up year in and year out and they're pretty much London's team at this point. It's like their second home and I've got to say, them at minus two and a half favorites, uh, I think I agree with that. And I really feel like the Jaguars can get the job done here. Russell Wilson's trying to get himself ready to go dealing with that hamstring injury. It was a, There was an interview of him talking about the entire however long flight it was and the amount of time he spent trying to get himself ready to go during that flight. He was doing high knees on the plane, whatever you want to say. Um I just, for as good as Denver's defense has been, the offense has been the complete and total opposite. And while Jacksonville has been dealing with some struggles and they've been dropping a lot of games, their biggest like issue is themselves and ball control. If they can just hang on to the ball and if Trevor Lawrence isn't throwing interceptions, 
This team has every opportunity to win this game. They have nine turnovers is nine turnovers, excuse me, in the last four weeks. They are their own enemy. And if they can just prevent the turnovers, I think they have a really good opportunity at winning this game here. And minus James Robinson. Could that be a little bit concerning? Yeah, but Travis Etienne has been the guy carrying the bulk of the load recently, and he does have the most yards in terms of rushing for the team right now. I like Jacksonville. Their offense is solid. If they could just stop the turnovers, I think they're a legitimate team, and I have them winning 20-17. to 17. I like the under in this one as well. Over-under is set at 39.5. I feel like it's simple to say out loud, yeah, Jaguars, don't turn the ball over, and I think you can get it done. Probably going to turn the ball over at least once in this game going up against a Broncos team that is very good at defense and they can be opportunistic when given the opportunity to. I think it's a lower scoring affair. I like that 2017. Give me the under with the under at 39 and a half. Definitely a possibility between these two teams and can all things considered what's been going on around them the last handful of weeks. Looking at the Falcons and the Panthers. Falcons getting completely smashed last week, whereas the Panthers coming off of a massive upset victory. Well, I don't want to take away anything from that victory. I think that that loss says more about the Buccaneers right now than it does the state of the Panthers, as they are very clearly in a rebuild, sell-off type of mode right now. I don't expect Carolina to come away with a ton more victories. It just does not really... It, it doesn't make sense per se. And the Falcons right now, while they're sitting at three and four, they are fighting for a playoff spot, at least at the very moment, whether you want to say that or not about them. Their running attack has been super aggressive. It's one of the best in the league. They're averaging 157 yards a game on the ground. And Carolina's run D has not necessarily been the best. They're allowing about 121 yards a game. So a good opportunity for a team with a strength like the run to be able to take advantage. And yeah, PJ Walker, Solid job last week. Do I think it's going to happen again? I don't know. Atlanta's defense and secondary, not necessarily the most threatening in the world. So good opportunity for PJ Walker to maybe build upon last week and have another good game. But I do like the Falcons in this game here. I like them winning 27 to 17. They're minus four and a half favorites. And seeing how the Panthers offense has operated over the majority of the season, they've had a hard time even crossing that 20 point margin. So I do think something like 27, 17 with the Falcons having put up a handful of points in the handful of games. I like the odds of the Falcons. Give me them for the W. Looking at our next matchup here, we got ourselves the bears and the Cowboys. Now, listen, bears are coming off a massive upset victory. They were like, it was like, what was it? They were like plus 13 underdogs or something like that when it was kickoff. I don't know exactly what it was, but it was a large margin. They come in, they take advantage of turmoil that is going on in, in the New England area with the whole Bailey Zappi versus Mac Jones thing going on there. Now the Cowboys, they have been a little more stable on offense. They boast one of the best defenses in the league, and I expect them to give, and on top of that, I think the Cowboys better defense than the Patriots. It feels like it's a common occurring thing where Bill Belichick's defenses have a very tough time going up against scrambling quarterbacks. Whereas when I look at the Dallas Cowboys defense is a much safer group, a group that can really bottle teams up and give teams problems. I like the Cowboys. I like what they do. I don't expect some miracle victory for the Bears in this one here. Dallas is minus nine and a half as a favorite in this one. And while I don't know if I agree with that or not, because I do think maybe the Bears hang in there a little bit more than some people expect them to, I do think that the Cowboys have a shot at winning this game fairly handedly. 
My prediction, and there's a big asterisk next to this in my notes here, is that I have the Cowboys winning 28-17 to if Ezekiel Elliott plays. And while he has not been, you know, the the guy that everyone thought he was a handful of years ago, and he's not as lights out, and Hell Pollard is even, like, picking up a, a, a very significant load on the ground and at times can be more threatening than Elliott is, I think that you still have to respect Ezekiel Elliott and it opens things up more. So if he's healthy and he's on the field, I know he's dealing with that knee sprain, but if he's healthy and he's on the field, it does force defenses to play a little more honestly, focus on the box a little bit more, and it opens things up in the passing game. I know that they weren't necessarily lights out last week. I think Dak Prescott had some rust to knock off. Obviously, he hadn't played since week one. I think after another week of practice and having gone through game action now, he should be feeling a little bit better. I think the offense is going to click a little bit more, and I could see them pushing near 30 points, and I have them winning 28-17. to 17. Would I bet that Dallas minus 9.5, though, even though I have them winning by 11? Probably not, because this is one of those things where it feels like the spread is so large and after seeing what the Bears just did last week maybe they upset maybe they don't maybe they keep the game tighter than you would expect them to I would probably stay away from that spread bet but I would like the over in this one the over is at 42 and a half I do think there's a possibility that the Cowboys can put up a decent amount of points they did just put up 26 last week so possibility they get somewhere within that mid to high 20s range and if the Bears even manage just a handful of scores, whether they lose or if they keep it tighter, the over is definitely a possibility in this one. Looking at the Dolphins and the Lions now, here's an interesting one. You have the Lions plus three and a half underdogs for this one here. And while you could say, well, considering the Lions prior to the last two weeks, really high scoring offense, definitely doable. Dolphins defense, pretty solid themselves, arguably a top 10 unit in their own right. I would say maybe the Patriots and the Cowboys defense, when playing at their best, is potentially better than the Dolphins. But I've got to say this. The Dolphins offense with two under center and them clicking is a serious threat. And considering how poor the Lions defense has been, especially against the pass, allowing 249 yards a game, 22nd in the league, compared to the Dolphins who, when they're firing on all cylinders, 281 yards a game, which is third best in the league, I think the Dolphins have a good opportunity to really take advantage and kind of just absolutely whack the Lions in this one here. I have the Dolphins winning 33-20. to 20. I really like the over on this one here. Over-under is set at 51, and while that is a high mark to reach. Like I said, prior to the last two weeks, the Lions offense was pretty insane. They did come crashing back on earth facing two really good defenses and the Dolphins again are no slouches in their own respect. But I do see an opportunity for the Lions to maybe get more than the nine points they did last week or the zero the prior to that. If they get and let's say they sniff somewhere around like 10 13, 17, even close to that 20 mark that I have them listed at in that 33 to 20 loss. I think the Dolphins are good for a decent amount of points considering how weak this Lions defense has been. And I think there's a strong case for them to push that 30-point mark. Go for the over on this one, in my opinion. I think it's a good one. Looking at the Cardinals and the Vikings. This is an interesting game here because it's a pretty tight one. Vikings, minus three and a half favorites. Not a massive margin here. The Cardinals sitting at three and four. They're dealing with a litany of injuries. James Conner is hurt right now. DJ Humphreys, Jalen Thompson, Dennis Gardeck. Whereas Minnesota, a very healthy team. So being at home and a healthy roster, I'm surprised the margin is so close. But I will say this. Arizona has an opportunity where they've struggled on offense. They've been very up and down and, and no real consistent numbers, I would say, week in and week out from them. 
Minnesota has a pretty weak passing D. They're allowing 272 yards a game. So an opportunity to take advantage of that and an opportunity to put some points on the board through the air and get DeAndre Hopkins, who just came back last week and had himself a really solid game, even more opportunity to just continue to pick up right where he left off from last season with last week's beginning and just go from there. So I do expect that Arizona airs it out. I think that they take advantage of that. It seems to be kind of like the MO of how you want to go after the Vikings is just, you know, pressure the secondary, see what you can get off of them. I don't expect the Cardinals to win being completely up front. I do have the Vikings as the winners in this matchup here, 27-24. I think what it really comes down to is can this Cardinals defense, which has not necessarily been the greatest when you look at the numbers here, allowing 259 yards a game, which is 25th in the league. They only have 11 sacks, bottom of the league with that number as well. Can they slow down what has been a very effective aerial attack in Minnesota? I don't really know, especially when it's a home game at that. You're going to have the crowd behind Minnesota. It's going to be a tough task. I like Minnesota getting the win. I think it could be a closer one because, again, weak secondary of the Vikings. You have a good opportunity to take advantage, but I do like those Vikings 27-24 like I mentioned. Looking at the Raiders and the Saints here, this is an ugly one. You got a team that's 2-4 and four and the Raiders going up against a team in the Saints that is 2-5. And, and the Saints, despite having Jameis Winston healthy now, he's I don't think he's on the injury report anymore. I forgot to double check that, but I know he is a technically a healthy sit in this one here. Dalton's QB1, despite the fact that he threw three picks in the first half of last week's game, I know he went four touchdowns the entirety at the, by the time the uh, clock hit zero and they took the loss, but I just... Very surprised here that they didn't opt to go back to Jameis Winston despite him being healthy right now. I, I, a little bit of a head-scratcher here. I will say that Las Vegas, they've really figured it out on the ground, and I think that with Josh Jacobs playing the way he is, it's going to start to open things up for that passing game a little bit more, and I expect that this game ends up being a little bit of a higher-scoring affair because I don't look at the Raiders' defense and think this is really a threatening unit. The biggest thing for New Orleans is honestly just going to be stay out of your own way. This is the team that turns the ball over the most in the league. Like I said, Dalton threw three picks last week. They currently have 16 total turnovers altogether on the season, and that is the most in the league by three. The next team behind them has 13. So if New Orleans can stay out of their way, ends up being a higher scoring affair. They've been dealing with a ton of injuries throughout the entirety of the year. I like I could not tell you week in and week out who's playing for them and who's not at wide receiver because it feels like they're just kind of rotating through guys depending on how they're feeling that week. It is a a really unfortunate thing because I was really high on the Saints coming into this year, but it is what it is. That's the NFL for you. I do like the Raiders winning this game though, and I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. Just like we saw with the Saints last week, they have an ability to put up numbers. The Raiders have put up significant points in some games themselves this year. And now that the running game is really starting to get going, I think, like I said, things will open up for the passing game. I have the Raiders winning 31 to 28. Gets into a sort of a shootout. It's really going to come down to just protecting the football. Raiders are pretty good at it. They don't necessarily turn the ball over a ton. Both teams, though, high scoring. Raiders averaging 27 points a game. New Orleans, 25. That's both top 10. So... Should be a higher scoring affair. The over on this one is set at 49 and a half. And while that is, again, another high number to shoot for, I definitely like the odds. Both teams' averages alone crosses that 50 margin already. So what is that? 52. You have 27 and 25. So 52 total just in terms of averages alone. I definitely think that number is easily crossable between these two teams here. Looking at our next matchup here, as we continue to dive through the games, we have the Patriots and the Jets now. 
This is one that I sat here staring at my numbers, looking at some game tape, and just trying to decide who do I like in this game. Now, I am a New England native. I live in the Massachusetts area, and I've got to say that the amount of conversation surrounding the Patriots right now and the negativity about the quarterback and the quarterback position, I should say, as a whole, and just the handling of the whole situation has been crazy to watch. And I try my best to not let all the conversation I constantly hear about New England sway my opinions, and I try to remove myself from that as much as possible, and it is very hard to because there is such a negative feel around the Patriots right now. You look at the Jets, they're a young, feisty team. They did just lose Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker, and that could really open things up for a defense like the Patriots to take advantage, but they did just go out and trade for James Robinson. Now, Jets are 5-2. and two. A lot of people are saying they need to beat more teams. They need to prove, te to prove it against better teams. I don't really know what you'd say the Patriots are right now. I'm very confused on them. I do think that they are, they're, they're a mixed bag because they just have such a crazy issue going on at the quarterback spot. If Mac Jones never gets hurt earlier in the season, I think that this team is probably in a better spot just because they're not dealing with such a headache. And I really don't think they drop that game to the Bears. But that's not where we are. We are in a world where they drop that game to the Bears, and I'm really just... New England is somehow minus two and a half favorites going into this game, which is what I'm driving at here, and I can't believe that, because they're in New York, the Jets are five and two, and they've looked really solid, especially on the defensive side of the ball. My biggest concern for them, realistically, is the offensive side and being able to protect uh, Zach Wilson. 23rd in the league in terms of sacks allowed. They're averaging about two and a half a game. The Patriots defense, on the other hand, one of the most aggressive when it comes to getting to the quarterback and bringing him down. 21 sacks in the year. That's fifth best in the league. And history, most recently, I'm not going to, I'm not talking the whole 12 straight wins or whatever it is the Patriots currently have on the Jets right now. I'm just talking the last two times these teams met last season, which is the most recent that you can look at. The Patriots won both games at a combined score of 79 to 19. Now, yeah, you could argue talent, but that's also coaching as well. And I feel like I'm taking a real deep dive into this one here, but I have a lot of opinion about it. I'm a little bit concerned that maybe it's not just personnel that was an issue last year, but maybe some of the coaching. And this is going to be a serious determining factor here. I know they just lost Brees Hall, but James Robinson is no slouch. He was a thousand yard rusher before Urban Meyer came in and ruined Jacksonville. So... I'm not going to sit here and say bring in James Robinson and cancel out Brees Hall injury. Brees Hall was clearly proving himself, but I think you have a really serviceable back to keep kind of what you've been doing rolling here. I'm going to take the Jets. They're at home, plus two and a half. I have them as outright winners, and if not, I think it's a really tight game if the Jets don't win. I don't think this is the Jets of last year. I really like Robert Salah. He has proved a lot of doubters wrong. There were a lot of people in the New England area that I would listen to that said that Robert Salah flat out sucks as a head coach. But here they are, 5-2, and two, with two more wins than the Patriots and a possibility to get their first victory in like six years over the Patriots. So give me the Jets. Give me the upset win, 26-20. I think the Jets can get it done. Going to be a tough one to get done, but I think at home, definitely more doable. If this is in New, uh, New England, maybe I'd think a little bit differently if they're playing at Gillette Stadium, but I'm going to take the Jets on this one. Looking at the Steelers and the Eagles now, the Battle of Philadelphia, I'm going to be honest with you guys. And the last time I did this with the Steelers, I got it wrong because the Steelers went and beat the Buccaneers, but... 
The Buccaneers are not the Eagles. The Buccaneers were heavy favorites, but they're clearly dealing with some issues that are people are really starting to look at a little more closely now. Whereas the Eagles just went out and traded for Robert Quinn to help shore up their pass rush. And there's a lot leaning against the Steelers here. They've been outscored 33 to 72 since Kenny Pickett took over. He has five there's five turnovers between those three games as well. I just Philadelphia is coming off of a bye. They've had time to prepare themselves and rest up and get healthy. They just put up 26 points on Dallas's defense, which is a really good unit, and it's a division rival at that. And I just, I don't really think this game bodes well for Pittsburgh. Give me the Eagles. I think they get the W. 31-16. The Eagles are minus 10.5 favorites. The last time, which was last week, that I said anything about a double-digit favorite was the Falcons, and I was talking about hammering that because I think it was possible that, you know, they're 6-0 and against the spread. You know, they, they shouldn't get blown out, and then they completely got blown out, and I think it wasn't actually double digits. I think it was like 6.5 or whatever it was, minus 6.5 against the Bengals, and they got blown out. Um, I just think that that's an awful large number, and while I have the Eagles winning 31-16, to Crazy things have happened this year in the NFL. I would just stay away from that. I think the over-under being at 43 is very attractive. Hitting the over on that, if the Eagles dump a lot of points, and I expect Pittsburgh to maybe find the end zone once or twice and knock a field goal or two in. Over 43, definitely doable, I would say. Now, looking at the Titans and the Texans here, it's in Houston, so it makes things a little more interesting. When I look at the Houston Texans, I see a team that is constantly trying to play spoiler in games that they shouldn't be and it's typically against their division rivals but they also do it against other teams as well do not just count the texans out because they're one four and one and because they don't have the roster talent and maybe lovey smith isn't the guy to be their head coach maybe davis mills isn't the quarterback i don't know whatever you want to say don't count them out when they're playing inside the afc south it's in their home field as well and I could see the Texans playing this game a lot tighter than they should when you just look at the numbers and you look at it at face value on paper. Houston's one strength is protecting the ball. They're averaging only about one turnover a game, and it puts them inside the top 10. But you are going up against a Tennessee defense that does like to turn the ball over. They have seven turnovers forced in the last three games alone. So while, yeah, Tennessee lets up a ton of yards, they do force a lot of turnovers, especially as of late. I like the Titans winning. I'm not going to count the Texans out, though. I have the Titans winning 28-25. Tennessee's only minus two and a half favorites, and I think there's good reason for that. Houston is one of those teams that just finds themselves in really tight contests and ultimately losing. Or it's like tight until the fourth quarter, a la against the Raiders, and then things kind of just fall apart at the end. Don't count the Texans out. Don't think that they're shoeing bets on anything going against them. The, the Texans are one of the scariest teams in the league when it comes to betting because they do some really weird stuff every single year. Now, when we dive into the Commanders and the Colts, we have two teams that are playing backup quarterbacks. We have Sam Ellinger, who came in now, and he is starting for Indianapolis. And then we also have ourselves Taylor Heineke, the beloved backup of the Commanders, who had the entire Washington, D.C. area behind his back when he was leading the Commanders to victory over the Packers last week. I'm not really sure what to expect from this game as you have two backup QBs going up against each other, but I do know what you can get from Taylor Heineke when things are going really well and when things are going pretty bad. Taylor Heineke... Damn near beat the Buccaneers the year that they won the Super Bowl in that NFC wildcard game. 
Now, is that the same team as today? No, much different defense. And I don't really know what to expect from Sam for the Colts. So this one was a big toss-up for me. Both teams lack in scoring. Indianapolis is only averaging 16 points a game, which is 30th in the league. The Washington, not too far ahead with 18 points a game, 25th in the league. This one's a toss-up and more of a pick the lesser of two evils. They both have three wins. The Colts have only three losses to the Commanders' four, but the Commanders are coming off of a massive victory, whereas the Colts are kind of down on their luck. I'm going to take the Commanders for the victory on this one here. I like them winning 23-17. to I just don't really know if I can buy in on Indianapolis right now until I see some of this offense with a new quarterback under center and that new quarterback being the Texas quarterback, Sam Ellinger. And I don't really know if I believe in him or not. Ellinger, Ellinger, I don't know what his name is. I feel like I've heard his name pronounced three different ways this week. So if somebody wants to correct me on that, by the way, please do. I'm not 100% sure on what that is. Looking at now the 49ers and the Rams. This is another divisional matchup and one that I just think you cannot sit here and and chew in bet on anything. 49ers are only minus one and a half favorites and they're on top of that away favorites. For whatever reason, it just feels like San Francisco has their number. And on top of that, I just don't really know if I can believe in the Rams offensive line right now enough to trust them to be able to beat the 49ers the last time these two teams met up in this season it did not go well for the Rams at all and allowing three and a half sacks a game going up against a San Francisco pass rush that is forcing about three and a half sacks a game just does not really bode well for me and I don't know if it's like a scheme mismatch or a personnel mismatch or whatever it may be that kind of keeps the Rams from being able to play the 49ers very well or like just well enough that they can barely beat them by like the skin of their teeth. I don't know what it is. I typically pick the Rams in this game every single time, and I'm always wrong. And I know for a fact that I'm going to pick the 49ers here, and I'm going to I'm gonna end up being wrong, but I'm going to go with the 49ers because my gut is telling me the 49ers this time around. I have them winning 23-20, to 20, tight contest, but I just don't know. I, I just don't know if, I, I, I don't know. I don't believe in the offense right now in its current state with Jimmy Garoppolo. I love the talent they have over there in San Francisco, but Jimmy Garoppolo just, I, I do such a, I just, I can't buy into him. I really can't. And that's just me being completely honest about it. If their weapons are playing really well, though, they can put up points. As long as Jimmy G's not turning the ball over, that offense is a threat, especially with Christian McCaffrey now. I mean, you, you want to talk about doubling down and having a threatening offensive system. I mean, really exciting stuff, but yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers, 23-20. I just feel like for whatever reason, they have a a very serious mismatch when it comes to in their favor when it comes to playing the Rams, at least as of late. For the Giants and the Seahawks now, this is one that I think over-under is only at 44 and a half. I'm going to hammer the over on this one. And the reason being is you have a Seahawks defense that has not been great all season long. They've allowed a ton of points, but they're always able to score more than their opposing than the opposing team and Geno Smith has been playing out of his mind on top of that they've had a really strong ground game and i don't think anyone really saw this coming from the Seahawks team it's been absolutely crazy watching them and for what it's worth i'm here for it and i i love watching this team play it's one of the most bizarre exciting things to see because it's so unexpected when you look at New York and their defense 
They haven't necessarily been the greatest when it comes to defending the pass. They're like middle of the road, 211, so like average at best, allowing that number, and that's 15th in the league. So my biggest concern is can New York on defense prevent themselves from doing what they've been doing all year long, and that's shooting themselves in the foot with penalties. This team averages almost eight defensive penalties a game. That is the most in the league. The exact number is 7.86, but almost eight penalties on the defensive side a game. You cannot do that against this Seattle team that has just been blowing defenses out of the water, and they're dropping what feels like 30 points a game almost. But I will say Seattle boasts a, a really poor defense and an opportunity for a Giants offense that hasn't really been too crazy, but just good enough and just in, in like just able enough to find ways to win. I think this game becomes a high scoring contest. And in Seattle, with the 12s behind them, I'm going to take the Seahawks for an upset victory. I think if this was in New York, I would feel a little bit more comfortable going with the Giants. This is one of my upsets for the week here. Seattle is actually minus three favorites in the betting odds. And I, I, that, I guess that makes sense because if they're seeing what I'm seeing here, that's where that is probably coming from. But I just don't know if the Giants right now have the firepower to keep up with Seattle if things do start to get out of hand. They had a really tight game against Jacksonville last week, and it kind of shook my confidence in New York a little bit. I do think the Giants could come out and upset win here, but even though they are 6-1, and one, and they should probably be the like overdog or whatever you want to call them, but I think the Seahawks get a big victory here, one that maybe some people don't really expect because of the Giants being 6-1, and one, just because of how potent that offense has been. And I'm curious to see if the Giants are able to keep up with something like that if, if the Seahawks really do get the ball rolling. If the Giants' defense, though, comes out of nowhere and shuts things down, I definitely think the Giants have an opportunity to handedly win this game. But we haven't really seen a lot of people slow down this Seahawks' offense, aside from, like, the Cardinals. And now... For one of the more talked about games this week, we got ourselves the Packers and the Bills. Bills being 5-1, and one, Packers being 3-4. and four. We know the storylines. We have the Packers who are not living up to the expectations a lot of people had for them, even though Devontae Adams was left. And I'll, and I'll be the first to say it. I expected the Packers to be a little bit better than where they are right now. Not expecting them to be 3-4, and four, but like, you know, maybe 4-3, and 5-2 at this point right now. Maybe winning some like squeakers, things like that. But... This offense has been a mess over there in Green Bay, and it's the total opposite of what we're getting from Buffalo, who has been able to dump 30-some-odd points on multiple teams and come out victors in some of the tougher contests they've had as well. The spread is currently minus 10.5 for Buffalo. I don't know if they're really going to blow the doors off the Packers the way some people expect them to. Part of me wants to feel like Matt LaFleur... Aaron Rodgers, they can at least keep the game close. But there is a piece of me that is like, would I be surprised to see 38 to 17 and a frustrated Aaron Rodgers walking off the field after being completely demolished because his offensive line can't protect him and his receivers are dropping passes and I could totally see it happening. What the Bills basically did to the Rams earlier this year is exactly what I could see them doing to the Packers. And I don't really see why that's not a possibility because it feels like the Packers and the Rams are dealing with a lot of the same issues. Whereas it's not necessarily talent at wide receiver for the Rams, they just cannot protect at all. Whereas the Packers, they can't protect, but they're also dealing with receiver trouble. Defense, though, I would give a slight edge to the Packers right now because I think they are playing a little bit better than the Rams have been playing. With that in mind... 
I'm going to go with a safer type of bet here. I would say that Packers plus 10 and a half should feel like a somewhat safe bet if you believe that the Packers are going to be able to at least hang in there for this game and not just get demolished. I have the Bills winning 30 to 27. And my thought process on this is that in prime time, it is going to have to be the best offensive game that the Packers have played so far this year. And I think they still come up shy. That's essentially where my thought process is. Now, there is a piece of me that, like I said, is very well aware of what's going on in Green Bay and believes that, you know what, if it's 38 to 17 by the end of this game, I would not be shocked. If it was 38 to 10 by the end of this game, I would not be shocked. There are some offensive problems that have been rearing their head every single week for Green Bay. I want to feel like maybe they're starting to figure it out, but I don't know. We'll see, but... I don't know. The crazy result for whatever this game's going to be. Because it's going to be crazy if it's a tight contest. It's going to be crazy if the Packers win. It's going to also be crazy if the Packers get blown out. I don't really think, and and I don't think, and I, last time I said this, I was completely wrong. It went the complete opposite way. I said this last year, and it was a complete mistake. I don't think there's any way that the Packers could blow out the Bills in this game. That would. It's like every result is going to feel like a shocking result. Because it'll be unexpected to a, a large group of people, no matter which way it goes. And then for the Monday night matchup to wrap up the week, we have ourselves the Bengals and the Browns. And I've got to say, the Browns, man, they've hung in there in a lot of their losses. It feels like they're like right at the edge, but unfortunately, quarterback play has held them back. They've had some inconsistencies on offense as well. Nick Chubb has obviously been a stud, though, him and Kareem Hunt both. But I just don't know if the way the Bengals are catching fire right now that I can really trust in the Browns coming away with a victory here, even though they are at home. They're currently listed as plus three and a half underdogs. So I don't know if I can, and I don't really know if I can buy the Browns beating the Bengals the way they're starting to look. I feel like the Bengals offense is finally starting to get it together and really starting to click. And I, I, until they get Deshaun Watson back, I just can't really believe in the Browns, at least for right now. Maybe things will change once they get him back. We'll see. But I do have the Bengals winning this game here, 34-23. to 23. I think it's a, it's one where like it'll probably be close going into the fourth quarter, and then the Bengals ultimately kind of hit the dagger, and then they take a two-score lead, and it kind of just like, you know, you start packing it up, and you're getting ready to go home at that type. I like that type of thing, you know. But I do like the Bengals. I think they get the win 34-23. And move themselves up to five and three, and really start to start to you know begin that race for the number one seed in the AFC North because this is this is a little bit of a competitive division right now between them and the Ravens. But those are my picks for week number eight. Would love to hear what you guys think in the comment section down below. That's it for me. Appreciate y'all for watching. I'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.